Hi, family, and welcome back to Normal with Autism, where we are walking with faith on this side of the spectrum. I'm Tara, and we have a special guest tonight who I will introduce in just a minute. It's a kind of a yucky Friday evening, but it's still Friday, so we're happy about that. And per usual, you might hear a fin in the background. You might hear a dog in the background. This is kind of us just real life at my kitchen table here in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and I want to take just a quick second because uh, we have new listeners and new followers. And I'm so excited for that. Thank you, everybody uh, who comes back each uh, episode that we have every couple weeks and um, gets to listen to our stories. But then also welcome to the new people who might be on board who maybe haven't heard us. Um, maybe this is your first episode you're listening to. Um, just a quick reminder as to why uh, Sarah and I do this podcast. We really wanted people who want to maybe invite those people who don't normally interact with folks who have special needs, um, either special needs kids or adults or special needs families, we want to invite you to come to our kitchen table and kind of sit down and learn a little bit more about our lives. And then also for our folks who are in our community, whether it be the autism community or just the special needs community in general, um, we want to provide encouragement and support and stories for those folks who might need it. Um, just to let you guys know that you have someone here who you can relate to, um, you know, the longer that I do this, the more episodes I do uh, with all kinds of different people. Um, even between Sarah and myself, we find out we all have way more in common than we do different. Um, and so I hope that the folks who are in our special needs community who are listening to this feel encouraged and supported by the stories and the information that we share on here. So just a quick little reminder to do about this is why we do the podcast. Um, and if you can check us out on iTunes or Podbean, that's awesome. We are Podbean, just search uh, Normal with Autism. And then iTunes, same thing, Normal with Autism. And if you're listening in iTunes right now, I'm going to ask you to pause. And I want you to rate, review, and subscribe for our podcast. That gets us in front of more ear holes, as Sarah likes to say. <laughs> And um, that would mean a lot. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Normal with Autism. We've, we both hang out there. And if you guys come over, say hi. Um, like interacting with people, like getting questions or comments uh, on the stuff we post. And without further ado, I'm going to introduce our special guest tonight. Her name is Stephanie. Hi, friends. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you. How's it going? I'm good. Good. I'm so glad you could be here tonight. I like hanging out with your dog. I know. The <laughs> so would you would you tell folks really quickly uh, kind of about your animal, the animal side of yourself, I guess, if you will? Oh, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to surprise you. I'm going to keep you on your toes. My my other world. Yes. Yes. And <laughs> well because normally when folks come over to record, I have to put the dog away. Mm. And with you it was like, "No, leave her out. She's great." So, so why is that? Why are you so into the animals? 
Well, I've spent the last 20-ish years in animal welfare, mm-hmm. so uh, most recently as the director of an animal shelter, so I'm happy to have your dog near me. And she <laughs> she must feel the energy off of you, because she has been all about you since you walked through the door. She's like wanting to be like, pet me, love me, that kind of thing, so she must be able to tell that you're you're good at what you do. Have you seen those memes that say, I don't care if people like me, but I care if your dog likes me? Yes. That's that's me. That's you. That's fantastic. <laughs> if your dog doesn't like me, I will absolutely be devastated. I've also, well, I was going to say, I've also seen the one that says you can come over and hang out like only if my dog likes you. Right. That's like how you pass the test. So right. yeah. you will always be welcome in our home because... She's comfortable. I know. Our dog loves you. (laughs) She thinks you're amazing. So thanks again for coming on today. Um, Today we're actually going to talk, we're we're doing another episode of Medical Mamas. Uh Um, So kind of a brief introduction to who Stephanie is, and then I'll kind of let her take over um, to tell us a little bit more about herself. Stephanie has a son, Theodore. And part of the reason she is on our Medical Mamas portion of our episodes is that Theodore has autism, Mm -hmm. but he also has muscular dystrophy. Right. Right? Um, So I guess just take a minute and um, maybe introduce yourself, but I also want to say that part of the reason that we're doing these series of episodes where we're talking about the Medical Mamas piece of things is because a lot of adults and children with autism also have related medical disorders. Um, Autism Speaks published a list that kind of included but aren't limited to medical disorders that folks with autism experience. Mm -hmm. Some of those are things like GI problems, gastrointestinal problems, and I think I hear that a lot in our community. I don't know if you do as well like if you're scrolling facebook oh yeah super common yeah Yeah. um epilepsy obviously finn has epilepsy feeding issues oh yes disrupted sleep we were just talking about that yeah we were before we started recording (laughs) our adventures and and getting our children to sleep in their own beds yep um adhd oh yes anxiety depression and we know sarah's owen has depression, mm-hmm. um, obsessive compulsive disorder, schizophrenia, and bipolar. Yeah. So those are all more, um, the last couple were mental health, but also the medical ones that were there initially are the, the ones that folks with autism can more commonly experience than maybe someone without autism. Yeah. So, um, but the one that isn't listed on there actually is muscular dystrophy and I'm so excited for you to come and kind of talk about that yeah and educate folks who are listening on Mm -hmm. on what that looks like in your family so tell us first a little bit about your family well um we have Theodore as you already mentioned Mm -hmm. he turned six in March which is crazy to me yeah but he's six (laughs) um so he's a funny guy you're a funny guy. Um, Theodore, we're now homeschooling Theodore. Okay. Um, so that's been um, something we didn't plan for, but it's been 
good. And it's a it's a rather new development. Yeah. 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 Just over the last few months, but it's been good, um, both on the autism and the muscular dystrophy front. Mm-hmm. Um, he also has a kidney stone, just for fun. Wow. Um, <laughs> when did you find that out? Oh, I mean, we are all about the incidental findings. Let me tell you. <laughs> About the same time as kind of everything else, but it was like, meh, like the least of our worries. Yeah, it's um, kind of down there on the list. Yeah, so gotcha. just picture, you know, you know, when you go to Nationwide Children's, there's all the different colored lines. Mm-hmm. We just go, we've been down all the, all the lines. I can relate to that. <laughs> I'm sure that there's other folks listening that could probably relate. Yep. They've been down all those lines. All the lines. Yeah. yeah. So, um yeah, so, but he's, Theodore's a, he's a fun guy. He's most of the time very sweet and mm-hmm. um, cuddly, and he's a nice boy. He's a hard worker. What's fun for him right now? Like, what does he, what does he get excited about, or what is he into? Theodore wants to be outside all the time. I would, like, yes, and I, I relate to that. Finn is the same way. It almost makes me want to live somewhere like California. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> we have friends that live in California, and they're, like, 360 days of the year. Mm-hmm. It's, like, sunny, and they can go outside whenever. Yeah, snow days and rain days are not fun for us. No. Because he doesn't, he doesn't want to go outside, which mm-hmm. is fine. But then we're trapped inside, mm-hmm. and there's only so many swings you can put in your basement. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is, that is very true. That is very true. For um, sure. But no, he likes to be outside. He likes um, swinging, trampoline, mm-hmm. just being outside. Yeah. Um, he likes getting into things. Very curious. Very curious. That's wonderful. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yes. Let me touch, feel. Yeah, he'll entire box of cereal will just dump over. and. Well, because we need to see what the box of cereal does. <laughs> When it dumps over. The dogs are happy for those moments, though. Um, <laughs> I could imagine. They're like, yay, he's dumping something. <laughs> yes. We get to eat extra snacks today. Chips, yay. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, so that's that's the that's the gist of Theodore, I suppose. Okay, yeah. cool. And he's your only child, is he's our He's our only kid. Um, R is my husband. Chris mm-hmm. and I, uh, we did things really backwards. We were married like 14-ish years before we had Theodore. Oh, wow. Okay. So kind of backwards on how most people do things, but work, it works out. <laughs> it worked for you guys. So it's just me and Chris and Theodore and some pets and that's it. That's awesome. You would think it would be a quiet life. <laughs> and yet it's not. And yet... <laughs> No. And yet there are so many extra gifts that, <laughs> right. that God has given you. Yes. <laughs> we we kind of covered that in the last episode when we were talking about Finn's epilepsy. Because mm-hmm. we got his epilepsy diagnosis first. And then Sarah kind of made the joke that God said, hey. Something extra for here's, you. Here's a little something. Uh-huh. A little something more fun. The gift that <laughs> the, that you got. So, um, So what are his diagnoses? So we know autism. Well, uh, like you, we got the we got the muscular dystrophy diagnosis first. Okay. And that actually delayed our autism diagnosis because some of the symptoms have um, a likelihood of showing up in 
kids with this type of muscular dystrophy that sometimes aren't autism. So for a long time, we were just like, oh, this is just related to the muscular dystrophy. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So now there are different types of muscular dystrophy. Is that right? There are many, many different types. Um, Muscular dystrophy as a whole is rare. And then there are different types that might be even more so. Okay. And so for someone, like before I had met you, I had never known anybody with a muscular dystrophy diagnosis. Yeah. So for someone listening who might not know in general, what does that mean to have an MD diagnosis? Um, very generally speaking, it means, um, you have muscle wasting and it depends on what type you have on when that happens, the severity, you know, if it's boys and girls, in our case, the type that Theodore has only affects males. Um, so it's essentially a genetic disorder that causes muscle wasting of a variety of muscles, depending on Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. That's very just the very broad, <laughs> very broad definition, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as I was doing some of the um, like research for you and I sitting down together tonight to kind of understand more about muscular dystrophy, I didn't realize the Muscular Dystrophy Association or MDA, mm-hmm. they're also in charge of ALS. Yeah. And I think everyone knows now thanks to the ice bucket challenge a few years ago, what ALS is. They're not exactly similar, but they're kind of in that same neuromuscular family that people can experience that as well. So Mm -hmm. I thought, I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, it is. What type of um, muscular dystrophy does he have? Theodore has um, a type called Becker muscular Mm -hmm. dystrophy. And um, that type is really similar to a more common type called Duchenne. A lot of people have heard of Duchenne muscular dystrophy, Mm -hmm. um, but maybe not Becker. Mm -hmm. So um, the difference between the two, Duchenne is much more severe. Um, And um, so that's, there's a gene Mm -hmm. that's not working at all in Mm -hmm. folks who have Duchenne. And then in um, people with Becker, that gene functions, but it's truncated. Okay. So you, what does exact what does truncated mean? So it's shorter. So he has some of that gene that's functioning, mm-hmm. uh, but not all. Wow. So you know it's better than it could be, I okay. suppose. But um, so and then with his form, um, his path is really unknown. We don't know what he'll what it'll look like for him. So right now on the surface, when you look at him, you don't you wouldn't pick it out. Mm-hmm. But if you saw him on a playground with other six-year-old boys, mm-hmm. well, first you would think he probably has autism. <laughs> but after that, you <laughs> if you got past that part, um, you would notice that he's a lot slower, doesn't have the same strength, mm. that kind of thing, as other six-year-old boys. But, um, you know, he walks and, you know, that kind of thing. It's just slower. Uh, so he could end up with... Um, he could end up being wheelchair bound by the time he's 20 or not. Oh, so it's very unknown. At it's this very point. unknown at this point. Wow. And then Theodore is um, even more so unique because he, he doesn't have the exact same gene deletions hmm. as anybody else. Hmm. 
Wow. Like at all. Wow. So there's no one to look to to see what what do you know what symptoms are they having? What is what did it look like for them? Prognosis wise. Prognosis wise, yeah. There's literally no one. So Wow. I mean, we knew he was so special. Like <laughs> he is a rare dude, that little Theodore. <laughs> he is. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, so so literally the doctors are kind of like this is kind of new and different and we're not exactly quite sure what it's going to turn out. Yeah, today. we just don't know. Um, with where things stand right now, this exact moment, um, there are no treatments and there are no cures for his form of muscular dystrophy. So that was going to be one of my questions. But before we get to that, I wanted to understand when did you when did this first start to come into your mind? Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, something could be wrong with him physically like what did you first start to see or yeah did you start to see things so we didn't and that's that's been so crazy is that you know most of our things have been just incidental findings so um Theodore is small Mm -hmm. we have feeding issues Mm -hmm. like lots of our other autism families Mm -hmm. um and so he wasn't gaining weight as you know a Mm two-year-old well since ever really, but mm-hmm. um, as a two-year-old, he just wasn't gaining weight, was falling off of the growth curve, all of that. So his doctor ordered just some basic blood work, and she was really just trying to rule out celiac disease. And at two years old, at two, okay. Um, and then some things came back abnormal on his blood work, hmm. and then that sent us down a few different lines, <laughs> a few different paths at Nationwide Children's. Yeah. Um, and we. We started with GI and then, you know, moved on from there to um, even more blood work and um, found that some of his muscle enzymes were grossly elevated. Um, And there's no really, there's no other reason other than muscular dystrophy for such a high elevation. Oh my God. Um, But at the time, it wasn't a thought. We didn't have a physical concern. he walked really early. You know, we just really didn't have any hmm. any questions about that. And then going through the process of getting um, a diagnosis, what what is what's wrong? Why are these, you know, muscle enzymes so 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 elevated? Mm-hmm. Um, it just seems like it just couldn't be muscular dystrophy because, you know, we thought he could walk, he can, you know, he can do all of these things. Like mm-hmm. this couldn't be. Mm-hmm. Um, And it takes a really long time to get that type of diagnosis because you're doing genetic testing. So from the beginning, you were involved in genetic testing almost, right? But almost from the beginning? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, um, so that came back. Um, it took us, I mean, it was probably like a good four to six months in total that it took us to get to that diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, um, we also learned that I'm his carrier, so I also have the same genetic mutation that he does. Um, we always really only wanted one child, but that was kind of like the deciding factor for us for sure, not having any others, just knowing that I'm a carrier and had the potential to pass on that um, defect you, again. Did they tell you what your percentage was of having another child with MD? Yeah, it's 50%. I mean, it's... So it's really... Yeah, it's pretty Rolling high. the dice mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Wow. So if we would have had another child and we would have had a girl, then 
she would have had a 50% chance at being a carrier. Wow. And so that's what's hard to, that's what's hard with this disease is that it could actually be in families for a long time and not show up. Mm-hmm. So you have to have a carrier. She has to pass on the bad X, mm-hmm. you know, girls, two X's, boys, mm-hmm. X and a Y. Mm-hmm. Um, she has to pass on the bad X and then that bad X has to, you know, get transferred on and on. And it, you could go generations without knowing it. Um, and then it's also possible that it could show up just spontaneously and that it hasn't been in families. Um, but in Theodore's case, we know that his is hereditary. Um, so yeah, it took a long, long time to get the diagnosis. And then, you know, during that time you're just terrified because you're thinking muscular dystrophy. Oh my gosh. Like that's, that's terrible. At the time we weren't even thinking autism wasn't even on the radar. Did you... Did you do the thing where you went on and were starting to do research before you got the MD diagnosis? Oh, yeah. And you should have never do that. (laughs) Yes, I was was the Google queen. Yeah. Um, Anyone in my life who had any medical knowledge whatsoever was literally terrorized Mm -hmm. during that time period. I'm like, what does this mean? Um, I have access to a lot of veterinarians, and so I would be like, if he's a, if he was a dog, <laughs> what would this mean? What would that look what like? What would that look like? Yeah. You know, you were just desperate for answers, you know, so. Yeah. Did you drive yourself nuts? Absolutely. Doing that? Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. All day. I yeah. felt like I just, just searching. So you, you go down this path, you wait a while. How long did it take finally to get a diagnosis? I think from start to finish, it was probably about six months in total, but the genetic testing, what sealed the deal, this is for sure what it is. I feel like that was about eight weeks. Okay. Um, so, and you know, just, just that process alone is difficult getting a blood draw and, you know, the unknown yeah, part of it is, wait. is scary. Yeah. Hurry up and wait. Yeah. So then after you get this diagnosis, what do you guys do? What, what was the next steps? Um, so I feel like we're the luckiest of the unlucky, if mm-hmm. that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we start telling people. We start telling people that we, you know, got this diagnosis. And I have a friend um, named Aaron, and Aaron goes, um, my friend's husband has that. And I'm like, no, he doesn't. <laughs> it's so rare. No, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, 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 he does. Um, let me check. I'll make sure. And she gets back to me and she says, yep, it's Becker. Becker mus- muscular dystrophy. That's what he has. I'm wow. like, come on now. And so my first question to my friend Aaron was, is he in a wheelchair? Mm-hmm. Wanted to know. She's mm-hmm. like, no, I don't think so. I, he, um, he uses a cane, I think. She's like, he likes to drink beer. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Is there anything else you can tell me about him? Because you're you're immediately interested to to know and see and talk to an adult mm-hmm. who has a disease that your child has. Um, you're looking for insight. You're looking to the future. Um, so it turns out, yep, she she does um, have a friend who has Becker muscular dystrophy, and his name's Pat, mm-hmm. and. Um, she hooked us up with Pat and we went to visit him and, you know, seems, you know, pretty normal and, you know, living a good life. 
And then it turns out that Pat is the executive director of the Muscular Dystrophy Association here in Columbus. Oh, wow. So we are the luckiest of the unlucky. Um, so knows a lot, mm-hmm. you know, knows a lot of people, knows a lot of, you know, just has a lot of information, has a lot of resources. Mm-hmm. And then um, we, of course, knew that there was the um, MDA clinic at mm-hmm. Nationwide Children's, mm-hmm. um, which is world-renowned in their research for wow. muscular dystrophy. Wow. Um, so the luckiest of the unlucky. Right. Because <laughs> you've got it right in your back the backyard. Right in our backyard, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. How amazing is that? That I mean, it feels kind of like God put that person in your path, mm-hmm. obviously, to help you with that. Because I think you're right. That's what everybody goes through is, okay, I've got this diagnosis, and now I want to talk to an adult. Mm-hmm who's been through the same stuff and kind of get a known of, are things going to be okay? You think about all of the mom stuff, like, can mm-hmm. he have a job? Can he get married? Can he, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things. And um, mm-hmm. so meeting Pat and getting to know him and his family was was amazing, you know, because uh, he's it's fantastic. Yeah, normal working guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. And um, so a, a quick snapshot of, forward we so we now do ABA in home and one of his therapists Emily whom we adore um we actually met Emily the first year that Theodore was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy but we didn't know who she was really at that time we met her at a camp Theodore's mm-hmm. too young to go to muscular dystrophy camp or it was their camp that they have every summer but we went to help out one time and Emily was there and we kind of met her and it was just like hey how are you whatever um and then flash forward, and Emily comes back into our lives as one of Theodore's ABA therapists. How cool is that? So I love having her. She's a really good therapist. She really is. Mm-hmm. But um, I think what a wonderful mentor she is for Theodore. Mm-hmm. You know, she doesn't have the same type, but um, it was funny because when I we were like, okay, this is Theodore. I always tell everyone that he has muscular dystrophy because it's not super obvious. And mm-hmm. she goes, me too. And I was like, oh, what are you talking wow. about? She's like, yeah, me too. <gasps> Theodore, Miss Emily has muscular dystrophy. And, so yeah. she has muscular dystrophy. And oh my gosh. Isn't that great? I mean, it's not great, but you know what I mean. <laughs> right. It's 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 another kind of coming together, a convergence, right? So that I mean, that's a another... God thing, right? Like how else do you get all of that to happen? Exactly. No, I'm, I'm totally, yeah, I'm totally there with you. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So now you, you have that uh, MD diagnosis. When does the autism diagnosis come? And how, yeah. how did you find out about that? So, I mean, we knew that there were some developmental delays with Theodore kind of all along, but they weren't physical delays. So I feel like it's harder to pick up on like cognitive type delays. I don't mm-hmm. even know if that's the right term. Um, no, yeah. Yeah, you're good. You know, because if your baby's not you know, crawling and they're however old, then, you know, that's an immediate kind of red flag. And, yes. But things like words and that kind of thing, there's such a broad range on what's considered normal or acceptable, late talkers, whatever, all of that. Um, and we got really wrapped up and distracted by the muscular dystrophy, obviously. Um, and we would talk about some of our concerns and they would say, well, you know, um, kids with Becker and Duchenne, muscular dystrophy, they, they tend to have some 
some traits of autism, some some of the similarities, but um, some of the times it's it's not, and then about forty percent, huge number, right? About forty percent of them do have um, autism. They're on the spectrum somewhere. Wow. And so, so we were watching, but we we just still weren't sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so Chris and I completely freaked out when we got our muscular dystrophy diagnosis diagnosis, and we were like, we are buying a ranch style home, like right now. <laughs> we just lost our minds, sold our house, bought this other house that was a ranch so that if we ever needed it to be accessible, it would be. Um, and so we were really distracted for a while because we got the diagnosis and then we moved and, and all of that. And then just one day, um, I noticed stimming, stimming behavior that we didn't have before. Oh, interesting. So we had other things before, like we had echolalia mm-hmm. prior, but that still is hard with, you know, a two-year-old, three-year-old. Some of that is still pretty normal. Because they're supposed to repeat stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but then the stimming started mm. and I was like, okay, hmm. yeah, we are moving on to having similarities um, to kids with autism too, we need to, we need to look at this. Um, and so he started out with what I consider like really normal stimming. <laughs> that makes sense really like classical stimming. So hand flapping, you know, that kind of thing, spinning. Um, and then that led us, you know, on, <laughs> I was, I would say we went down that line at Nationwide Children's, <laughs> but that's a whole other, it's a whole other building. It's a whole other building. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So that, yeah, so then we went through the typical process of getting an evaluation and, and, and how, diagnosis. How and old that. was he when you got the autism he diagnosis? He was um, about three and a half. Okay. A little, maybe a little older than that. Okay. Um, yeah, so I think people are more familiar with how to get that diagnosis than our muscular dystrophy mm-hmm. diagnosis for sure. But, mm-hmm. um, and the autism diagnosis was easier because... I think once you get a diagnosis prior, mm-hmm. especially something that's heavy, you know, um, you know, in your case, epilepsy, you know, mm-hmm. muscular dystrophy, whatever. Um, when you get the autism diagnosis, you're kind of like, all right, well, tell me where to go. <laughs> like, what do I do? <laughs> I was, I, I would agree with that because the, the time that we got our epilepsy diagnosis, I don't think we... I think we were grieving and shock, denial, a couple months at least. Mm -hmm. Because you're just like, my little kid, you know, because Finn was only 16 months at the time. Right, your baby. Has this craziness. And then the autism diagnosis came and I cried for one day and then I moved on. Because I had to. Mm Because I had to get him, start to get him therapies and treatment and all that good stuff. Yeah, you so. feel a sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. I have to find this stuff now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, well, I I mean, I think that's very fascinating and interesting about how, you know, they came up with that. And the, the genetic testing piece is interesting to me, um, partly because it doesn't sound like you guys really had a choice in terms of genetic testing. Like, you had to have it done pretty much, right? We did, but we only tested for um, the specific gene that would cause muscular dystrophy. We didn't do the entire sequencing or... Did they want um, you to? They want us to now. Um, 
the Muscular Dystrophy Association Clinic wants mm-hmm. us to. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be helpful to them from a research standpoint. Mm-hmm. And we're open to it, but um, I'm not going to go through the whole process of the blood draw and things like that specifically for it. Mm-hmm. We have an open order for the blood work. Mm-hmm. So if he ever needs blood work for something else, mm-hmm. then I'm not against it. I'll do it. But I'm not going to do... I mean, you know how the blood draws are. At this point, it would be, I mean, I don't know. Unless something like that is absolutely necessary, I'm just, I'm not going to, not going to go through all of that. It would take how many of us to restrain him. And um, so without there being an actual medical reason to do it, well, I suppose the research is, but you know what I mean? I just, I just can't bring myself to do it just for the sake of, um, research only but if he were to need it for something else and we're doing it anyways then I wouldn't mind to get it but yeah for for our case we only did this one gene it's the dystrophin gene um but it's interesting because they say that usually the kids who have autism that they have mutations kind of later on in the gene so when we were learning about muscular dystrophy, I had to go back and be like, what's a gene? <laughs> like, <laughs> what are chrom- what's chromosomes? Can I go back to biology what? class? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so genes have these things called exons, and exons are numbered, and that's how you kind of know. You'll know, like, where there's a, a deletion. Mm-hmm. It could be a duplication, but in most cases, it's a deletion. But so usually when they see autism with muscular dystrophy – it is kids who have a much um, later deletion. So later on in the gene, they usually start to see some correlation with autism there. Um, but like I mentioned before, Theodore's the only one with his exact deletion. And it's really early on in the gene. So he's, he's, he's kind of a confusing guy for them from a research standpoint. So That is so, yeah. Yeah. That is very, very fascinating. And I relate to you in terms of the like the genetic testing at one point um Finn's neurologist wanted us to do genetic testing Mm -hmm. mostly because they were fearful of the medicine not working to a certain point like he would get old enough that it wouldn't work anymore and then it would be we'd have to do genetic testing to find out what medicine would work for him right so yeah that genetic testing is a heavy heavy yeah topic for sure. It is. I mean, you know, you're not entirely certain what you're signing them up for, you know, if you if you choose to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, I want to be helpful because if somebody could, you know, potentially the information that we share, if that could help treatments or, you yeah. know. I'm all about research. I'm yeah. all about the scientific process. And then I have to think about it um, because they wanted us to do it for the autism side as well. Mm-hmm. And Keith and I really had to have a conversation about like, what, you know, what are we getting into here? Right. You know, are there things that we're going to find out that we don't really want to know or that would affect Quentin somehow? Right. You know, cause he's part of this too. Exactly. So we was to, to date, we have not had any genetic testing done. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we will anytime soon. I mean, there might become a day when we need to do it, but for right now, yeah, we just don't really have any practical applications other than adding to the research for it so right that's yeah that's the same for us yeah yeah well hey tell me um so how does his 
um, diagnosis impact him now? How will it kind of impact him in the future? Obviously, we talked about we're not exactly sure, but do they are they able to tell you a little bit about what it would look like? Um, so for right now, he's he is from a clinical standpoint, he's considered asymptomatic, um, meaning he doesn't currently need any assistive devices or you know things like that. So what typically happens in um, guys who have muscular dystrophy is they it's a gradual weakness. Um, so most likely it'll look like um, one day he'll have maybe a little bit more trouble standing from a seated position. And um, how rapidly it goes from there, that's the, that is the unknown. So um, some people, um, like my friend Pat, he, um, he uses a cane, and that is okay for him um, unless he's doing, um, like, going someplace where you would be doing a lot of walking, and then he'll use a scooter. Um, but he will most likely need um, a wheelchair in the future. Mm. Um, and we just don't know. We don't, I mean, I, I have no idea um, what that will look like for Theodore. But I, I, I mean, it'll certainly be more complicated um, with autism, mm-hmm. you know, just explaining, like, how do you explain that to, you know, I don't know how much we'll understand mm-hmm. when these things kind of intersect. So, I mean, best case scenario is that, there's some, at least some sort of treatment available. Um, have you been able to connect with any other families that have MD and autism? I have, I, I have found two other families who have his form of Becker, Becker muscular dystrophy with um, younger boys, mm-hmm. um, but they don't have autism. Um, so I haven't found really anyone mm-hmm. um, locally that has both. But, yeah. Yeah. So that kind of, again, puts you in a place of a lot of unknowns. Yeah. At this point. I mean, everything that we're talking about is, is rare. You know, it's muscular dystrophy in general, and then this form, and mm-hmm. then, you know, adding mm-hmm. an autism. And, mm-hmm. you know, is his, is the autism genetically linked? Is it because mm-hmm. it's so common in the general population anyway? Like, mm-hmm. you know. If you ask me, it's genetically linked, but I mean, we'll never know for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, tell me, um, talk to me for a minute about, you know, you're, you're kind of such a wonderful advocate for him, you know, you've, you've you've worked (laughs) really hard to get him what he needs. I've watched you, you know, go through some of the struggles you've gone through, um, and, and what you've had to do for him. Are there any differences in terms of, of how you advocate when it comes to his muscular dystrophy or how you advocate when it comes to his autism? Or are they really kind of all smushed together? Well, the the muscular dystrophy is easier from the standpoint that we don't need a lot for it yet, but it's harder because you can't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we'll tell people, you know, we'll share his diagnosis with people and they're like, oh, you know, it doesn't really sink in right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does have some needs with it. Like he really shouldn't exert himself, um, you know, physically and things like that. Um, so it is harder though. Cause it's right now it's like an invisible illness. Like people, people don't see it. Hmm. Um, his autism, they see wow. <laughs> in here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, and I think, I think, for the most part, autism still rules. Like autism is still ruling our life. 
Um, so, I mean, we, we know all about advocating for his needs with autism. We have been through it. Yeah. And he's only six. <laughs> so. So, we're, so our prayer for you is that we're kind of like in a steady place at this point right now. I think so. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah. That's good. What are some of your um, fears and hopes for him? Gosh, I think the fears are the same as, you know, um, every autism family has. You know, I hope that, you know, my fear is that, you know, he won't be functional enough to take care of himself. You know, those those types of things that we all really share is, you know, not understanding the future. Um you know, we just have no idea what that'll look like. I mean, that that alone is a huge fear. Um, you know, the big fear is that will he, if he's compromised from a mental standpoint and then also from a physical standpoint, like that's, that's a lot of fear for sure. Um, but, you know, he is only six. So we just, you know, we don't know. I mean, Theodore definitely has that strong, independent spirit about him. So, you know, if he's not getting his way, he's happy to find a way for himself. So I hope that he'll he'll keep that and, you know, that'll help take care of him in the future. I mean, we all worry about what's going to happen when I can't care for him and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I'm hopeful that his little independent spirit will take over and he'll be able to handle it. Mm -hmm. Whatever the it is. Mm -hmm. If there is anybody listening um, right now who's going through some medical stuff, whether it be MD or epilepsy or some of the other stuff and also autism and kind of battling on both fronts, do you have any kind of words of encouragement for them or what would you want to say to them maybe if they're newly medically diagnosed if if someone is newly medically diagnosed with anything um find a mom (laughs) (laughs) just any mom (laughs) well I mean maybe um just need a mom hug find a mom yeah we all do um find a mom who um, is a little more senior than you are with whatever ailment you're talking about, autism, muscular dystrophy, whatever. Find a mom. Um, if you can, find your pet. Find adults that have um, whatever it is that you're facing and um, see what that looks like. It might not be as scary as, as you think. Um, but there's just no one who is going to understand um, like other families um, I won't say what, but we were just having a conversation before we started about <laughs> something that you cannot say to typical families, only autism families really understand. Um, and that's, I think that's the same with other, other illnesses. Um, you know, another epilepsy mom is going to understand your struggles more than even I would. Um, so find a mom. Um, but we all just get through it day by day, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you'll get through it. You'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Other moms help. Yeah. Yeah. Here's get a dog. Get a dog. I was going to say that should be part of your your encouragement. Or a cat. Well. Whatever works for you. Right. If Owen were here, he would he would be on team cat. I know. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yes. Get a dog. Your dog doesn't care if your kid has autism or epilepsy or muscular dystrophy. Oh, man. Or whatever. They really don't. It's amazing. No. Like, if we could all just make everybody be like dogs. <laughs> 
that would the the world would be a better place for our kids, right? <laughs> it always circles back to dogs for me. It so. does. It does. <laughs> well, we decide. I think we've all decided at some point we're all going to get like a communal neighborhood somewhere. We can all just live. <sighs> yes, please. Around each other and just like bubble ourselves in and. I'm adding that to my prayer list tonight. Okay, I like that. I li- <laughs> yes, I'll I will do the same. We'll, we'll make it happen. So. Well, thank you again so much for coming on and hanging out for a little while and yeah. sharing your knowledge with me. I learned so much more about MD, you know, than what I had before. And I appreciate that. And Theodore is a great kid. He's so cool. I love it when him and Finn get to hang out with each other <laughs> and we need to do it more. We need to do it more. I love sure. it that I know Finn's behaviors because right? of Theodore. Theodore prepped me. To yes. be able to hang out with Finn. Yeah, because we talk all the time. I'm like, oh, he loves to do this. We're like, oh, yeah, he does the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's almost, you know, we have a very similar, very similar kiddos for sure. No eloping on my watch. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Finn was kind of being sneaky with the door when you first got in here. It was so cute. He was like, oh, Miss Stephanie's come to play with me because Stephanie helps out at church and hangs out with Finn sometimes. And then he's like, but there's a door to play with. And he starts <laughs> scooting around you. And I'm like, dude, she knows all your tricks. So <laughs> just just back down. But but thank you, seriously, again. And um, to close it out, I just want to say here's to the complexity of our journeys and the joys and the sorrows. May those who observe us do so with compassion, compassion especially for our amazing kiddos. So thanks, guys. We'll talk to you again soon.